Hi, my name is Leslie Koff, and this is the podcast Breathing Out Stars. I still have to tell you the story of the wedding, which I haven't told you yet, and that's coming soon, but today I'm going to tell you the story of the day after the wedding. The day after the wedding when I was the skipper, the skipper who prayed. It was the day after the wedding, and being in a pandemic, it was my hope that we would have a few pontoon boats and boxes of bagels, orange juice, boxes of coffee, I had this vision of brunch on the lake, you know, lemonade from lemon sort of thing. The storms which had held the night before during the wedding welcomed us at dawn after a beautiful wedding. The morning was dark and disappointing. At 7.30, the dock called me. Yep, storms all day, they said. We're canceling all your boats. Okay, well, we're retooling now, and by 9 o'clock, we were setting up brunch in the open garage of our daughter's new in-laws. No, no, of course, that's not ideal, but perfectly in line with the pandemic weirdness of the wedding and of our world. And just as the few guests arrived at brunch, they arrived in a downpour. And just as suddenly the rain was gone and the sky was blue, and I pulled out my phone, and I looked at the weather, totally clean, totally clear, radar, clear, nothing, nothing on the horizon. So now it's noon, and I call the boathouse. Hey, remember us, the three pontoon boats? Take a look at the radar, I say. It's totally clear. Could we maybe have a boat at 1.30? I did a quick count of the guests who would not be flying out until late that day. Uh, Okay, okay, one boat, one boat, I told them. I only need one. And honestly, the doc was happy to provide me with one boat because on a day that promised to be all storms, they were still making money, right? So the bride and groom, they said, wait, wait, we want to come too. And so now there were 10 of us, and I'm the skipper. A little sidebar here, I have uncovered a hidden passion for boats during the pandemic. I love, love driving them. Like, it's crazy how much I love them. But that's that's another episode. So now it's uh, 1 o'clock and we pile into a few cars and we head towards the dock. The sun is expansive. The lake is calm and glassy and glorious. Without bagels and coffee, of course, now we load in and we're a floating living room. I can take, at a slow speed, a circle around the lake. We are talking and laughing. We are the tour guides now. Oh, here is the university. Here's our neighborhood. Here is the partying cove, the quiet cove, the fishing cove. Here's Picnic Point. Here's the condo building where the bride and groom looked to buy, but, oh, the units were so dark and disappointing. We were ebullient. It was gorgeous, and we could offer one lovely last adventure to our dear ones who came for our very small wedding. And so, and so it was. 
On the east side of the lake, we were approaching the governor's mansion when I spied it. Far on the west side, a teeny, tiny, very dark cloud on the horizon, so small. Our son-in-law is never far from information, so I asked him, hey, can you please look up on the radar? Do you see that cloud there? Is it showing up on the radar? And if it's there, how much time do you think we have on the lake before we're in a lot of trouble? Remember, I'm the skipper here. We are practically a floating living room. It's tiny, he says. It's barely there. But, you know, knowing me, I take hold of the throttle and I speed up just a little bit. I apologize to my passengers. Look, it's not going to be as quiet as it was. We're going to hear the motor now. It's not going to be as easy to talk. It's going to be a little bit louder. But sorry, that little cloud needs watching. So it's a little faster now that we enjoy the afternoon. Still, we have had all the luck. Lucky, lucky, lucky we are. It is as I approach the north side of the lake by the tall rocks by Maple Bluff, that the gray cloud begins to concern me again. I steer away from the lanes from the commercial dock, and almost before I can take my next breath, it is upon us. We are now in a complete downpour, and the cloud feels like it has fallen on us. That's how it feels. The passengers behind me all huddle together, all nine of them. I pull up my hood almost over my forehead to keep the rain out of my glasses, almost my windshield, but I still can't see. I'm literally driving in a cloud of rain that came out of nowhere. I have to get the passengers somehow safely back to shore. They are my loved ones, and being in the middle of a lake in a storm is a very dangerous place to be if you don't already know. Lightning is our biggest hazard. I hear the people sitting behind me laughing and talking, but at this point, I've throttled the engine all the way up. I cannot see the shore, the boathouse, or even 10 feet in front of the bow, and I am in quite a situation. I don't want my passengers to know how much danger we're in. The shoreline in this part of the lake juts in and out. It's completely reasonable that I will hit land. It's reasonable that I could hit someone's dock or another boat. I literally had 5% visibility. The downpour was dramatic, and it, there, was, it was no, there was no stopping it. I was heading very fast into I had no idea where. I began to pray very, very hard, with my eyes open, of course, for the safety of my passengers, for vision, for wisdom, for guidance. I steer the boat towards no signpost at all. In my bones, I calculated where the boathouse was diagonally across the lake. I was divining our safety. It was a massive, massive guess. And for many minutes, and many more than I would have wished, we went on like that. We were completely soaked through, rain-blind, praying, on an afternoon that had promised glassy and glorious. I was praying very, very hard. And suddenly, just as suddenly, everything was behind us. I was all at once 200 yards from the boathouse, and the lake was glassy ahead, 
near the shore. The sky above was suddenly blue and clear. The cloud completely disappeared. I stopped the boat. I turned around. Everyone okay? I asked. The passengers were soaked, relieved, laughing, probably very nervously. But we were back, and we were safe. And now that's a story to tell. But, you know, we're in times where we expected that things would be glassy and glorious, but, you know, they're dark and disappointing. Sometimes, as I've, and I've spoken of this before, there is nothing else to do but pray and to keep your hand on the wheel of the boat and to keep steering and praying, even if you cannot quite see where you are going. And I promise you, I could not. So there's a book which was given to me about 10 years ago by somebody very wise, and I think it would be good to hear it now with my story. This is a story of a little child and a uh, mom or a dad, a, a loving parent. It's called Will It Be Okay by Crescent Dragon Wagon. Will it be okay? Yes, it will. But, but what if a big dog comes? Well, you'll know whether it's friendly or not. If it's friendly, you run your fingers through its thick brown and white fur. And if it is not friendly, you stand perfectly still and unafraid. And it stops barking and it comes to you and it sits quietly beside you. But, but what if there's thunder and lightning? Well, you sit at your window and you watch the rain beating down over the houses and fields in the dark night. You see how special it is because the lightning shows the rainy day and the countryside and the sky and all the city. You pay attention because the loud thunder is calling you, saying, look, look, the world is receiving a deep, long drink. But, but what if there's snow, lots and lots of snow? Well, you put on your red leggings and your brown boots and your pink coat and your plaid scarf and your yellow hat and your green earmuffs and two pairs of striped mittens, one on top of the other. But, but what if snakes come in the night? Well, you keep a flute by your bed and you play a song, and the snakes hear, and are quiet and happy, and I love you. But what if the cabbages don't come up? Well, if the cabbages don't come up, we drive to the nursery, and we buy seven tomato plants, just in case. And when we come home, we dig seven holes in the garden, and we put a tomato plant in each one. We pat the earth back around each tomato plant and we pour a bucket of water around each one and then we go inside and read a book. And when we come out again, there is a tiny row of cabbage seedlings. But, but what if I hate everyone? Well, then you run away. You pack raisins, walnuts, oranges and crackers and a flashlight in a red bandana you knot its four corners together and tie it to a stick and carry it over your shoulder. You walk and walk until you come to a park. You stay all afternoon sitting by yourself under a tree, and when you come home again, 
you don't hate everyone. But what, what if someone hates me? Well, you feel lonely and sad, and you walk and walk and walk until you come to a small place where you kneel in the grass by the edge of a pond, and you see something move, and you put out your hand, and a tiny frog, no bigger than your thumbnail, hops onto it. Very carefully, you lift your hand up to your ear, and the frog whispers, Other people love you. Other people love you. Maybe that person will love you again, maybe not. In any case, it is all right. Because the frog tells you this, you believe it. But what, what if I forget my lines in the Thanksgiving play? Well, you make up new ones, then and there. And later, everyone will say, What a wise and sensible child. She forgets her lines, so she makes up new ones. But what if nobody likes the way I dance? Well, then you go dancing in the woods, alone in the crackling leaves. One day you meet someone else dancing in the woods and you dance together. You throw leaves at each other. You lie down in the leaves. And then you go home and draw pictures. You drink cocoa with whipped cream. But what if a bee stings me? Well, you run to the kitchen and I'll rub a piece of raw onion back and forth on the sting. You say, a piece of onion, that's silly. That won't work, but it does. But what if you die? You know, my loving you does not die. It stays with you as warm as two pairs of mittens on top of each other. And when you remember you and me, you say, what can I do with so much love? I'll have to give some away. So you decide to love thunder and lightning and dogs and snakes and snow and planting cabbage and cabbages and tiny frogs. You dance with other people in the leaves and are in place with them and run away with them and you love them and they love you. And you eat raisins together. So... So it will be okay? Yes. Yes, my love, it will. That's Will It Be Okay by Crescent Dragon Wagon. Yep, we're definitely in times where we can't see what's in front of us. And it's a downpour. We cannot stay in one place and we cannot move forward. Both are unsafe. We have to try to be safe. Like me, the skipper, we pull our hoods over our heads to protect our eyes so even our glasses can try to be windshields so we can try to go forward. And we do. And we pray to get through it. And we can't see where we're going. Things are dark and disappointing or they're glassy and glorious, but we stay with it. We try to focus through the cloud. We steer our ship. We steer our boat. We set a course on our bones, and we stay the course. It will all be okay. This has been Leslie Koff with Breathing Out Stars. Thank you so much for listening.